For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, January 2nd, 2021. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed in the dollar... It's a late rally on Wall Street... Too big to fail... Growing the economy... Growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm here today. I'm Troy Harmon. Here today with uh, Nick Antonucci, Jacob Keene, and a new addition to the show who's never been on, Chandler Geiger, who's our research intern at Hensler Financial. And... Uh, Maybe we'll hear a little from him later on in the in the day. We've got uh, a show that we do usually once a year where we're going to talk about what happened in 2020. We do that all the time. It's our end of the year show that we do once a year because there's only end of the year. Well, it's year. actually our forward looking. That's that's the way I look at it. I mean, we talk about what happened last week. Let's live in the past. Last month, it's a good last year. Six months, all the time. But I yeah, guess it wasn't a good year, really. Um, well, it depends on how you look at it. The stock market. Is up the S and P 500 is up 17 percent, or heck, maybe you just invested in the Nasdaq only because you knew what was coming, and you're up 44 percent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, even your bond, Decent. even your bond portfolio, while it didn't have much of a yield, is up seven percent. Yeah, I mean that's yield included, right? How do you lose in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> well, from February 19th, <laughs> if you really want to get into it, to March 23rd, we lost almost 34 percent. That's uh, um. That's a chunk. I know coming into this year. Now, we'll just go ahead and start this because I know you guys will have plenty to say. At the end of last year, I said that maybe we'd have like a 5% positive return on the S&P 500. It tripled me. Um, boy, were you wrong. Boy, was I I think mine wrong. was about 17. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Um I I didn't see yours written down anywhere, so we'll just go with 17. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing uh, that I noted was the market was at a 27% premium relative to its long-term average price-to-earnings ratio. Well, in a year where earnings didn't grow, what's it like now? Um. Well, did they not grow? I thought they were negative relative to the previous year. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't grow. Yeah, but I mean, they grew shorter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they declined. You, you, you realize how that it's works. Strong. Yeah. Precise grow is strong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. I mean, I I, I'm sorry. I'm just catching. I was putting a down payment on a a jet ski with my six hundred dollar. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> that's sorry. what we need. Six hundred dollars. Trying to catch up. Yeah, we I'm about to, I got to buy some Polaris shares. Some Polaris calls real quick. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> got to cash my in on Hood the app real quick. Cash in on the Jacob Keen spend. Uh, anyway, so 5%, I did say that we were at a premium this year. We're only at a 65% premium for a long-term average 
on the S&P 500. So what it's do you think? Pretty reasonable. You think if I was saying, based on some of those numbers last year, we'd have 5% gain? Yeah, so what's your forecasted return for 2021 then? Uh, it's got to be uh, 2%. I was, I was just going to double it if the premium was 26% last year and we got 17%. I guess I should probably like triple it. If you're then, right? 65% premium relative to yeah, it's got to be higher. Yeah. Well, part of what's happened is, you know, 29% of the S&P 500 at this point is made up of technology. Yeah. And technology always has a larger, um, you know, price to earnings ratio. Um, in fact, last time we were at about this much weight in the S&P 500 was 1999. Yeah, and the other technology. the other thing to keep in mind is that's not really apples to apples because we did have the sector reconstitution that backed out the Google, Google's, and Facebook, yep. yeah, and, and Chrome, and Disney, communication services, yeah. Disney as well, yeah. Well, Disney wouldn't have been in tech then, but no, right. but it would have been. I mean, discretionary, it was discretionary, yeah, pretty yeah. Sure. But it's still, I mean, yeah. you know, you had you had a quite a, a change in in what made it up. Well, you know, I joke about you know the market's up for the year. It, obviously, it is seventeen percent, sure. but it has been a very volatile year. We had the swiftest decline in the stock market in history in thirty three days. I think we lost thirty four percent. Yeah. But you February nineteenth to March twenty third. Yeah. And then you fast forward to April or August the eighteenth, and we'd gained it all back. All right. Yeah, and and that was I think only two other times has has the market recovered so quickly. One right. of them had to have been 1987 when we had a significant crash, and it started with a with a uh, valuation that was pretty frothy. Sure, and let's um, keep in mind the pandemic is not over. Yeah, obviously we've had good news on right. the vaccine front. Um, distribution is happening, albeit at what seems to be a slower pace than right. you know initially forecasted. May or may not surprise you, uh, probably not, but. Um, there's there's still California, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania states yeah, like that that are issues. very very much shut down. Um, but yet here we stand at all time highs. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if we've officially exited the recession that we entered yet. And everything that I'm seeing, looking to Q1, is it's looking like a, another a double small, negative, small contraction there. So. Right. Yeah. Relative to to 2020 uh, first quarter, it, it's expected to be a negative. I'd, I mean, officially third quarter with a 31% plus, I think it was like 31. 33.1. 33.1. Q2 down 32.9, Q3 up 33.1. Right. So that would have killed the official, you know, textbook type of uh, uh, recession where you have two consecutive quarters of negative um GDP or contractionary GDP. Uh, it, but the thing is, we had unemployment spiked to over 13%. It's now half of that, a little less than half. Uh, where are we, like 6.7% yep. unemployment? Um, and, you know, just as we, you know, you've already alluded to buying your jet ski, uh, government's still bailing out consumers. Um, you know, $600 yeah. check, there's still debate about a two thousand dollar check which i think is probably dead on arrival but uh it was the president who who put forth that notion that 900 or 600 wasn't enough uh it still added 900 billion dollars uh just in the bill itself plus uh extending the spending that was previously agreed upon uh added about 1.4 trillion to that for a total of 2.3 trillion 
in uh, in spending after we had already grown the national debt by about 4.4 trillion in 2020. Um, my fear is that we see inflation. We got uh, uh, you know some of the things that we've been watching. November, uh, you know, we've had this debate today in our research department um, about uh, cash. M1, the uh, money supply spiking higher. Uh, there's some debate as to what was the cause. Um, has to be at least partially due to the fact that you're putting hands direct uh, money directly in the hands of the consumer, correct? Yeah. I mean... Uh, well, there was a period of time there where people that were out of work were actually making more money than they were when they were working. And you pair that with right. direct payments and additional, you know, fis- fiscal facilities. And you're talking, as you sort of move down the chain, you know, wider wider money terms like M3, probably up 20 25% year over year. But you get down to, like, actual raw cash, basically, with M1. We're at, what, almost 80% now, year over year? And, and, and what's, what's craziest to me is you know, this is something we've been discussing throughout the year. And, right. and I would say, I remember maybe three months ago we had this discussion, you know, wh- you know what's your guess as to how much money supply is up? It was like 40, 40-something 40 percent. Then it was 60, and now, like you said, close to 80. Close to 80 percent. Yeah. yeah, continues to climb. And, and uh, while we're on the subject, I think the other thing to keep in mind is this is not only our, was the economic outcome un- virtually unprecedented. That right. we had with the pandemic, uh, but we added these new federal facilities for unemployment that weren't there before if state level unemployment expires. So when we're saying the unemployment level is such and such, that's comparing to history just based on state level. But we also have the PEUC and the PUC, which are these federal uh, uh, vehicles to give unemployment assistance to people who aren't getting state level assistance. Right. We did extend those with the recent st- stimulus bill through the uh, end of january right uh, i believe those run through march now. okay All right. uh, i think the it was the forbearance and uh, right rent, that was only extended one yeah. the forbearance right um but that's to me that's crucial to continue to uh give support to these people that are not still on uh the state rolls uh who are still out of work because you know there's a vast swaths of the economy that are still shut down or operating at you know, very 50, limited capacity, 50 percent capacity. Um, but yeah, th- there's a, it's an interesting discussion we can have about um, inflation because thematically, like I don't want to jump straight into 2021, but thematically, like that's that's everything. That's what I'm thinking about as we move into next sure. year and even the years thereafter. Right. Well, um, the stock market is forward looking. It would uh, we would be dereliction in our duty if we weren't also thinking about what comes next. But uh uh, looking backwards sometimes can inform you of those decisions and even the present. I mean, valuation to me is is uh, way stretched, and uh, you know, it's that to me is is one of the big things that uh, that we have to be mindful of right now and going forward. Stick around. We're uh, gonna talk about finance the rest of the day. You're listening to Money Talk. We'll be right back. Everything you say sounds like a lie. The fog that greets the man. As old as time began, is no more clearer now. I think we understand even less somehow. The bottle green of the world. You ain't.
This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, guys, we have got a dog of the week this week. Um, seems like uh, a German baker has found himself in the crosshairs of the courts in Germany uh, for including a, a organic ingredient in the cookies that he bakes. Even made sure that everyone knew that the ingredient was in there, and um, no one seemed to worry about it since he's only been doing it for 20 years. What is the ingredient I'm worried. you're asking? I, I'm what? worried. I'm thinking this is going to be like bodily fluid or please no. no, um, no. I, my mind just goes to like a, a, a special cookie. It's like he's putting marijuana in it. No. How about sawdust? Ooh, okay. Sawdust in the cookies. And, uh, you know, they, he's, like I say, been doing it for 20 years. He High even discloses fiber? it. I would think, yeah, I mean, you got fiber, um, but uh, instead of, well, there's flour included, obviously, or you get no rise, but um, just as kind of a filler, he's been including sawdust in the cookies. So um, there was a noticeable difference without the sawdust, you're saying? Well, I'm sure that the volume, you know, he probably gets fewer cookies out of a batch. So with the same he's ingredients. cutting the batter with sawdust. Right. Wow. It's, uh, and it, he's not the first to have done it. I, back in the 1700s, someone was claimed to have done kind of the same thing. So, uh, you know, he's, he, it's not a, a unique or, um, you know, he's, he's not an innovator here. He just uh, put sawdust in the cookies. And the courts finally caught up with him after 20 years and said, you can't do this. Well, see, it doesn't sound that crazy, but then I think about, like, well, who was the first person? To well, do how, do you, it? Was, how do you get? Was it an accident? No, it wasn't an they accident. Just like dropped they, it on the floor. Well, no, they did it on purpose to make the batter go further. They were cutting. They the were cutting costs. Cutting it. Right. They yeah. were cutting costs. Right, and that was a long time ago, hundreds of years so ago. It improved margins, but but now with timber prices where they're at, I was gonna say, is sawdust <laughs> that much cheaper than yeah. this flour? Is, I mean, wheat's basically free now. Yeah. yeah. This is the conversation you never want to bring up in front of a financial analyst. You guys have taken it way beyond where it was intended to go. But uh, you know, there's there are those. Yeah, I read further down into the comments, and a lot of people are saying, well. They add cellulose to many cheese brands, especially if it's grated cheese. They'll add cellulose, and all cellulose is is very finely ground sawdust. Is that what it is? Really? That's, yeah, that's the argument they make. And uh, cellulose, it keeps the cheese from matting together. I always thought that was like horse hooves or something. It's like it, uh, when you no. people are like there's there's fly guts in bubble gum or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, weird there's things. no telling no what deal. we consume on a daily basis. I prefer but this to is intentional. remain ignorant to like what's in my food for the <laughs> most part. I also feel like <laughs> if it have, tastes good, do it. <laughs> I also feel like they could have had some synergies thinking of cost. If instead of cookies it was bread, because then after after the bread was done, they could just run it over the saw to slice it. Wow. Save money on they knives. Look at that. Yeah. And I mean, then you're really, as you slice I'm sure you're creating new sawdust in the meat. Sure. Just work yeah. it back in. Yeah. Work it back How in. How about that? We no can, waste. We've just created a, a new efficiency. Yeah. Right here on the radio. I mean, I'm, I might steal that for, like, hipsters, you know, because yeah. I feel like they would eat. All sorts of weird stuff. Oh, it's twenty bucks for a dozen cookies, but it's so made from it's made from dirt and wood. <laughs> so if I got in a bad spot, I could burn it for one. I'll take right. three. Oh, yeah, they're sustainable yeah, cookies. Sustainable. Right. It's the uh, it's the cookie equivalent of fiberboard. <laughs> yeah. Why not? 
Okay. Well, you guys, uh, the, the voices that you've heard um, along with me, I'm Troy Harmon. Uh, you were hearing Jacob Keene yeah, we and know. Nick Antonucci. Yeah. One voice we haven't heard all day, and I've already introduced him, is Chandler Geiger. And since we haven't heard much from him, he too has a dog of the week, and we're going to hear that from him now. Uh, it, my interns generally feed me, you know, four or five stories that I choose from on a weekly basis. Uh, this was Chandler's first attempt at it, so uh, why not just let him get his My intern in the sounds very possessive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay. Um, so, so we moving on. Double hear. barrel dogs. Let's hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear uh, it, Chandler. Thank you, Troy. Uh, King's Hawaiian is being sued for not actually making its sweet rolls in Hawaii. Ah. The bread Hawaii. company does say original Hawaii, Hilo Hawaii original Hawaiian sweet rolls. I think this lawsuit is kind of trivial, kind of humorous. Um, but the company was founded in Hawaii. Moved production later to California. You're telling you me, how, how much would it cost if they made sure that my rolls don't have mold on them just from, you know, making them all in Hawaii and shipping right. them to me? Exactly. I mean, well, I understand where, I the mean, outrage, but also... The like, outrage. <laughs> but I'm, also... I'm a little struggling with that. But also, like, it's a long way to Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, Hawaii to New York. I'm just worried that Irish Spring, the soap I'm using, is not in Ireland now. <laughs> so I'm going to have to dig into this <laughs> oh. after the show. You mean Quaker oats don't come from Pennsylvania? Oh, jeez. Wow. We've opened up a can of worms. <laughs> These all must be just, we got a, I think we've got a, a show to pitch. Where is our attorney? <laughs> we, we need, we need yeah. an we're, attorney. We're canceling. Is Chris in the office? Yeah, yeah. I think he is. Probably. Somewhere. We yeah. could probably find him. I don't know that he's been in the office for a while. But uh, maybe we Kova. Yeah. Maybe he can take a break from URL trolling. Or was that him? No, it was Peter. Oh, Peter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe next time. Wrong guy. <laughs> well, All right. So, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean no. to step on your toes, Chandler. You know uh, what you got talking. You just don't want to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, who we'll knows how expensive um, it would be if it was coming from Hawaii. But, of course, California is not that much better. Um, and then, finally, King Hawaiians is obviously yet to comment. Well, if it was made in California, they would have stopped production totally, and we wouldn't be able to get them. So. Oh, wait, yeah. they are made in California is what you're saying. Well, they're still in the stores, thank God. Mm. Uh, you know, it's strange you bring that up, Nick. Um, I know this main thrust of this show is to talk about 2021 and, and uh, kind of forward-looking uh, into, you know, the future. <clears throat> but uh, overall, transportation, at least ground transportation, in the United States is down how much do you guess through October or in October. year over October no, no, previous October, October previous October yeah 23 uh, percent I would still say higher than that I would say it's down still close to 50 percent wow I'm talking about just ground protection oh uh, ground ground I'm thinking air transportation yeah, air transportation ground transportation um 20 percent how about 8.8 according to the uh the transportation board in the U.S. And that's just for the month of October relative to last October. That's, well, that's the most well, I mean, but if I you get biased, on the roads, yeah. too. Like we're biased I, in living in the city, too. That, yes, but yeah. but someone like I, I, well, commute, I commute to Kennesaw daily. Yeah. And I can tell you that, you know, to me, it's almost business as, as usual. Right. Uh, in terms of the traffic flow. Now, you don't have the backups that you saw pre-COVID. No, you're saying you commute into Kennesaw from, from downtown Atlanta. It's not 
you know, you're not coming from the throes of Chattanooga. In right, right, right. But, I mean, you know, traffic seems to be just about back to normal, so I'm not too surprised that it's, yeah. it's you know, only down 8, 8.8% at this yeah. point. Yeah, uh, they do break it down by rural and, and um, urban areas. Uh, urban traffic is still down double digits. Um, rural traffic, about 5%. So, you know, overall national total... 8.8%. And wow. believe it or not, I thought, you know, you brought this up, Nick, uh, about California and New York. New York is really the one that's suffering the most. It's down uh, um, like 11%, I believe. Um, but uh, when you look at the West Coast, only about 7.5%. So uh, even back to normal, more so there than in the Northeast. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's still something that you got to deal with. And and what does that mean? Uh, energy has been one of the one of the uh, big dogs of the year. Um, we got the numbers, um, but uh, you know, year to date, energy's the the big laggard, down thirty three point two six percent in the energy sector. Um, I really think it's one of those uh, situations, though, that's somewhat transparent. There's a lot of folks that are trying to make a case that energy will never be what it used to be. Uh, if you look at the price of Tesla stock, you would probably have to agree with that. If uh, the market truly was as clairvoyant as some people give it credit for, sure. But uh, I think, you know, most automobiles made in the U.S. and sold in the U.S. are still gas-powered. Yeah, that might be changing over time, but it's surely not there yet. Well, I think there's something to just overall the traction of narratives in 2020. I feel like that's what's winning. If it's a big idea, it's a big disruptor, that's what's winning right now. I think a lot of these stocks have gotten ahead of themselves. Yeah. Um, or behind themselves, I would say, even true, in the, the case of energy. I think, the, like you said, the narrative is much stronger than the reality. Um, you know, we saw oil prices fall significantly. They're back to around 45 50 bucks a barrel. Uh, just crude oil. Uh, some are saying we'll probably see $65 per barrel oil Next year. Yeah, in 2021. So uh, I guess we got that to look forward to. Um, the uh, uh, the situation is, uh, to me, that is one of those that I really believe you can, it's investable. And, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it seems I mean, like a fat pitch right now, honestly. Yeah, no yep. doubt. The only one, maybe the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Very few other yeah. than that, yeah, no doubt. All right, well, you're listening to Money Talks. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more discussion about what's to come. Lowering interest rates. Cannot stop. stop the sharp drop in economic activity caused by closures and other forms of social distancing. When the world changes, know what to do. This, this is, is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Nick. <laughs> Nick. Why can't I say your name? Yeah, I'm stuttering. Nick Antonucci and Jacob Keen, as well as Chandler Geiger. I've uh, been talking about uh, various things, but mostly just to look back at 2020, and uh, we'll get around to some uh, our our opinion on what might happen next. In well, a lot of that's also driven. 2020 has been such an uh, an off year. 
just so many odd and things. so many you know changes with within you name the industry right that yeah. you know some of that will carry through to 2021 some of it sure. won't but it's 2020 is obviously going to have a huge influence as to what 2021 brings so you can't yeah. can't talk about 2021 without you know the changes that have happened right. it's really it, it's really fascinating because if you just if you just rewind and go back and if you had the economic data and the case counts in January or even December of last year, and you're like, where is the market at the end of 2020? Yeah. You would have said lower. Yeah. No I'd, doubt. No right. doubt. And it's, I think it's the first time in history that I can remember where you had a quarter where the market was up while GDP was, was down. down. And we're not so just talking GDP was down a little bit. Yeah. Down a lot. So it's it's been wild. And I think the only playbook that i'm i'm sort of going back on as you look back to that period in the late 90s where there was this budding narrative that all these dot-com stocks were going to just completely erase large swaths of the economy and just take over yeah and i feel like we came into 2020 with a, a growth market that had already been outperforming value for some time yeah tech was already a bit elevated and i feel like we just turned that knob to 11 because we forced the narrative i mean a lot of these stocks that we're seeing that have performed really well are winners in covid they're seeing strong revenue growth you know 20 30 percent sure as a result of work from home software as a service no doubt uh, any number of things people are still ordering stuff from amazon and buying sure. iphones yep that hasn't changed it's probably not going to change but it's it's fascinating to see and on top of that which we can talk about more as a result of you know the economic issues we saw rates get slammed lower way lower yeah. so as you have these stocks where most of the values in the future if rates are lower it makes those stocks more attractive because you don't have to discount the future cash flow right sure without getting too in the weeds sure um but so if you look just at sort of since the the pandemic be began we've seen i think russell 1000 growth is up like 30 percent and russell 1000 value is down 30 percent yeah we've we've gotten uh i've got the numbers for the s p 500 growth uh up 33.03 percent <clears throat> uh toward the end of october we did see a bit of a rally in value uh, the S&P 500 value for the year is now up 0.01% when you add the dividend. Um, it would have been down 2.72% uh, if you just look at the price change. Sure. So, um, you know, still a huge disparity. 33% growth has outperformed value. The last three months is really where you've seen value start to gain uh, right in relative terms it's obviously yeah. not much based on the numbers you're saying but if you look at right. the last three months well it was the, the value has outperformed growth right and you know you're starting to see more of that as they refer to the, the reopening trade you know positive news with the vaccine um but but i can't help but think into 2021 and consider the low interest rate environment that we're in like you're talking about dividend stocks did not perform well this year at but, all but if you consider where, where rates are unless we get an uptick in rates where are people going to go for yield? I, I can't help but think that you're going to start having people reach again for dividend payers. I believe and so. And those stocks will hopefully outperform in 2021. But I, I, 
I think that I, I think I think that narrative that, makes sense. I think that rotation ultimately is it, what what the catalyst is. I mean, here we've had an election. The the sort of forward looking fiscal stimulus is a little bit higher. Yep. Dollars trading lower. Uh, lowest re- level lowest level since 2018 yeah. today. We got the reopening trade. I think that rotation ultimately is going to be quicker than anyone thinks it thinks it's going to be. Right. And we're starting to see early indications like you see the frothiness in retail. Uh, just the other day, Tesla set a record for uh, uh, value of, of shares traded in a day. It was more than Apple. It was more than anything ever, has ever yeah. seen. And then you look at a lot of what's happening in options. It's a, it's a really speculative trade in growth. And then we're starting to see some indications that institutions are sort of withdrawing money sure. to some extent yeah. or hedging activity as well. Right. You brought up uh, Tesla. Uh, we were looking the other day. Price to earnings ratio on Tesla, 1057 You're paying $1,057 for every dollar in earnings that Tesla might ever generate. Um, in order to catch up with the auto industry, which some would argue, you know, that's a They do make automobiles. They make a few other things, too. But if you expect that they're going to be the same manufacturing company that a Ford or a GM are today, just give them a Ford's got a PE of about 40. GM's is down around 12, 13, something like that. If you gave them a 30 PE, they would have to grow earnings 31% for the next 10 years. Right. In order for you to justify that huge premium, 1,057 times earnings uh, on the price they have today, do you think that's possible? Do you think that's likely? Is it possible? Yes. But, is, you, but is that's it not the base case. No, and, and, and also, right. I mean, I think that assumes that obviously the Tesla is is – the player in the electronic vehicle game right now, but that that assumes that competition doesn't pick up significantly. Well, and what happened on their very first day of trading as an S&P 500 stock, we heard Apple might be making an automobile. Yeah, right. We Start go from iPods to yeah. But it's not just it's it's not just Tesla. You see all these SPACs, the SPACs. Uh, that activity is that, just wild. I was looking at one. Troy, I was looking at one. I was looking right. at one the other day that had a market cap of 30 billion and wasn't going to generate significant revenues for another five years. So it's like the revenues. We, you we, said. we look back at 2000 and we laugh and we're like, look at these companies with no revenues that were trading at these valuations. Sure. It's happening. Today. We had this conversation right. yesterday, Troy. And I said, you cannot tell you cannot sit and look at everything in the market right now. And what drove this conversation is uh, all the SPACs coming out. And I said to him, right. I said, you can't tell me that this doesn't look like, even if you want to throw out valuations, just, these crazy financial instruments that are coming to market that, that no half the people buying these things don't know what they're doing. Right. Right. That they're just piling money into. I said, you can't tell me that this doesn't, we're not going to look back on this in 10 years and say there's new regulations surrounding, you know, these SPACs and, and listing them. Right. Because you've got companies it's, that it's, are going become careless. Right. You've got companies that are seeking, uh, seeking, um, l- uh, income or you know investment assets uh, going public with no stated direction. A special purpose right. acquisition company. We're putting this together so that we can go out and buy Things. a new company. Yeah, but yeah, and they don't even tell you what. That's all. So these, yeah, take my money. I'm I'm in. That's all these managers just trying to 
what there be because they they see the pulse of if you just sort of zoom out and you think of upper middle class to wealthy a lot of these people are continuing to uh, receive a salary they're not out of work it's a lot of the lower end service labor that's out of jobs right they're spending less they're not going on vacations they're not eating out they're spending less yeah they're deleveraging they're paying down credit cards and then they've got money left over on that why not take a gamble on the it's next the game of, It's become the gamification of the market, you know, yeah. and you can bring in the whole Robin Hood discussion with that if you wanted to. Yeah, I would argue it's it's very much like what we it's saw like in the tech betting. bubble. Yeah, it, it's, it's a speculation. On some measures, of course, we're, we're saying all this, and, and we, we don't want people to think, okay, well, there's no value to be had in the market because there's a lot of stocks that we look at day in, That's day out true. with 4 or 5% dividend yields. If we're looking forward to the next decade and we're saying, okay, We've done, what, 17, 18 some odd percent annualized over the past decade. Let's say over the next decade it's only 6, 7 percent. If you're getting 5 percent income, you've almost hit that hurdle just on the income alone. Sure. If, if for some reason the market does sell off, then you get to buy lower with the dividend income that you're receiving. Sure. Well, in those dividend-paying stocks, we talked about value, how it's uh, significantly underperformed growth. Guess what? Dividend-paying stocks, uh, according to the the Dow Jones U.S. Select Dividend Index, have underperformed value. Yeah, but if you go back over the past 80 years, come on. Uh, Even over the past four years, (laughs) even over the past four years, they still have a return that is 10.5%. Per year. I'll take that. On average. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and that's 44. including <laughs> lagging so badly now. This year, we have yeah. such short-term memory. It's it's unbelievable to me. But, I mean, that's that's where we are. It's it's what we've been dealing with. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's one of those themes that we're going to look for in 2021. Right. I think dividend payers are absolutely an awesome place to look at right now. Money Talks. We'll be right back. Need to prepare. Need to prepare. Life can turn on a dime. Know where your dimes are. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Chandler Geiger, Nick Antonucci, and... Jacob Keen, uh, we've been talking about the year in review and uh, what's coming up in 2021. If you have financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can contact us on our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. The way it works, you call in, you get our voice recording, uh, leave your own voice recording, including your question. We play it on the air and answer your question right behind it. Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, she will get your question to us so we can answer it. If you prefer, rather than either of those, to uh, use your email, you can do that. Email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Um or you can go to our website if you're a do-it-yourself kind of folks, um, Hensler.com, spelled in the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Got loads of information to help you with financial planning, uh, tax planning, 
uh, even you know tips on tax preparation and certain strategies that you might want to uh, take on. Uh, lots and lots of information there, so check it out. Um, so guys, uh, we do have a couple of questions. Wanted to uh, get to our good friend Ed Kelly writes in says I own shares of Cedar Fair. Um, mostly for the dividend, but also because they seem to be a well-run company. They've cut the dividend to zero. They did that back in March. Uh, do you see a probable scenario going forward as to reinstating their dividend? Uh, would you sell it off, hold, and wait for the rebound in share price and reinvesting a dividend? Um, or uh, should I sell all of my fund and not wait around for it to rebound? Uh, I just think there will be the huge pent-up demand for travel, cruises, theme parks, casinos once the corona situation is more certain. I, I would agree to some extent with his assumption that I believe we will get somewhat back to normal in 2021. Problem sure. is there's been a lot of damage financially to companies like Cedar Fair. Yeah, there certainly has. I also think comparing you know, an amusement park like this to the travel industry as a whole, I, I, I wouldn't say that's that's a fair Right. Apple's, Apple's comparison there. but If it were Disney, we could make that sure, case, right? Sure, sure. Here's the thing, though. You, you stated yourself you owned it for the dividend. The dividend's gone. And so that's red flag number one. And if we're return. talking about if and when, not in the near term, because the company just had to uh, issue uh, through a bond offering. Uh, they issued new bonds to raise liquidity to be able to make it through 2021. So they're going to be cutting it close to get through 2021. Then you're looking ahead to 2022 where they're probably going to be at maybe uh, 50% of of what they had in, you know, 2019. So when you consider the stock is up 60% in the last two months and is only down just over 20% from where it was prior to COVID, you know, Ed, I'd say you should probably t- take what you've gotten back right now um, because I, I think it's going to be an uphill battle f- for Cedar Fair going forward. I mean, it's trading at 20 times 2022 earnings, which is when it will return to profitability. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say, you know, there's better opportunities in the market than this. Yeah, I think the the rebound that you've been, you know, you allude to here, uh, a good deal of it is is behind you. Uh, it might come back a little bit more. Uh, I do believe that, that uh, brighter pastures and greener, uh, happier times are ahead for all of us. But uh, this stock has suffered some financial issues that it's going to take a while to clear. So if it's just about the dividend, I would say I think to that on. to that same point, it's at that at that price. If basically you're just talking about the upside case is a return to normal, and there's no additional like growth kicker. I mean, the, the the it seems like the thesis was I'm going to buy this stock to extract value from these properties, the right. operating properties. Yeah. There's not, you know, more appetite for more theme parks. It's basically they're in place. We're going to extract the value. Yeah. If your upside case is it just gets Return back to, to normal, normal, then forget about it. You need something that some added growth upside from there. And there are stories out there that can be yes, you know, absolutely. That can that can get you there. Their debt right now is 83 times assets. I mean, they are, they are hugely leveraged. Yeah, and they can't borrow any more to, to pay the dividend. You know, if, if if they had a strong balance sheet and it was someone you could see borrowing to pay the dividend, this yeah. is not that company. Yeah, unfortunately, they did that for a while. This is one we used to recommend to clients when we haven't in a while. Uh, all right, so uh, we got another one here. Good friend Bill Murray writes, under the 10-year rule, I imagine that uh, three to nine years represent the bond zone, uh, given... 
Current interest rates, how far out would you go if you were buying bonds today? Please comment on using bond surrogates such as energy funds or utility funds uh, for this intermediate period. If an equity fund is being used as uh, bond surrogates, should the dividends be swept into a money market account? Well, I'll, I'll just jump into the, the whole, uh, you know, bond proxies uh, for your, you know, 10-year money, that, as, as we call it. I would say if you're going to do that, maybe – Obviously, yields are suppressed right now, so you're struggling to find yield anywhere. Sure. But if you wanted to use that in years like 9 or 10 later out, it's yeah. okay to do so. But I certainly wouldn't be willing to take equity-like risk in, in the early years of my, my bond ladder. That's for sure. Right. And and I would always say that that's the case because equity's significant risk uh, relative to um, to your bonds, your fixed income investments, no matter what. Uh, yeah, and make it, it, if you do that, make sure you're getting a significant premium to the credit market itself. Agreed. Right. And what are corporates yielding right now? I mean, you're probably going to get two and a half, three percent on a corporate. Right. Yeah. At least get four or five in equity if you're going to take that. The risk. equity risk. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And the premise behind the ten-year rule is not to make you excess capital in excess of inflation. What you want to do is just basically, Maintain yeah, you're purchasing, purchasing yeah, you're 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 protecting your purchasing power. It uh, might be worthwhile to find a bond fund with a relatively low duration so that uh, when we do see uh, inflation, and yes, I said when we do see inflation because I believe it's coming, uh, you're not going to get beaten up too much with, with uh, you know, the deflation in the price of bonds. And the, and the, the spot that we've been looking at as far as like uh, yield versus duration, so sort of a measure of return versus risk, or at least rate risk, is uh more mortgage-backed securities absolutely I think yeah they're still somewhat attractive so yeah. we've been staying tight on the duration, duration. just basically across you know right. the entire three to seven year profile yeah more or less you can get some good yield out of mortgages and and think about this even if rates rise what you're going to have is people hanging on gonna, to their mortgage longer. You're not going to have that prepayment yeah you're you're not going to see so much refinancing so it's probably a better space you know, for for the current market situation, and that's our belief. So uh, bond investments or, or bond funds that are holding uh, Jenny Mae, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac kind of uh, investments ultimately. So, uh, guys, let's let's move on and, and uh, get your calls on 2021. I mean, we've talked about potential for inflation. Um, yeah, I think that's – I think for me that's the theme. You look at You look at the past decade more or less, we've seen commodities have – really traded down you've seen real assets sort of trade down sure. value is underperformed and it's all because you've got this growth trade rates are moving lower inflation has stayed pretty uh, benign overall but we talked about the money supply growing mm -hmm. right uh, we're talking about a return to normal um and we're talking about you know a suppressed commodities environment still um but you're starting to see the dollar trade lower i think the theme for 2021 for me is sort of Look for inflation because if you get caught off sides with inflation, you might be in the wrong investment. Sure. You might be right. better off in a, in, in a lot of the things we've talked about, be it energy, basic materials. Yep. So Dividend-paying stocks. And yep. make sure that you check to make sure that the dividend is well covered by earnings. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to get in there and have the thing cut. One thing I, you know, th that I'll be watching, guys, as we move in, into the first quarter is you know, we have earnings estimates for 2021 at right. about 21.3% for the S&P 500. Valuations, as we've mentioned, do look high, right? Yeah. So if, Even if we, the full if we, if we miss, over 26. Yeah, if we, if we start to see you know, these earnings reports coming out and, and companies are missing, 
Um, that's something I would certainly be watchful of. Yeah, and you might start getting end of year 2021 guidance come that time too yep. after we start to escape the pandemic. Another another final point. I feel like as a U.S. population, we're desperately underweight international stocks. If you look at EM and even some of developed, it looks pretty attractive. Yeah, yeah valuations, and, and then you look at growth uh, in, in those countries as well that it, it is higher here uh, than here in the U.S. So yeah, definitely Mer- opportunities that – Low, low double digits. Yeah, you can buy emerging markets for 12 or 13 times earnings. You look at the S&P trading in, you know, mid-20s. Yeah, and if you think this is the early stages of a bull market, um, what happens, you know, is you see materials do well, and that builds well for emerging market sure. countries and companies. So a uh, lot, of, lot of positives there. What do you, th- what do you guys think on uh, the market this coming week? I always say the market's coming up. What do you guys think? Come on, just throw. I it. think it's going to be uh, it could be a volatile year, but I'll say the market finishes higher. All right. Uh, Bitcoin thirty thousand. I didn't hear. From That's you. it. That's too low, man. I hit <laughs> I that today. That's today. <laughs> Chandler, I, I didn't hear you say anything, man. Market um, up, down. Just say. Market up, um, volatility up. There we go. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you in twenty one. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.